All right, is everybody ready? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna ask that everybody mutes themselves. Get it. Especially those of you who are snoozing. Um, Ryan, uh, or Claymore being awake, but muting just for the sake of sound at this moment in time. So, just to confirm, you guys only see the mountains. You don't see the little images of yourselves I just put up there. Okay. I still hear the sound. Perfect. It's not quiet. Forces of death continue to march and fight outside. Shadarkai assaulting them. More demons come. Another one of those lumbering frog-like Hezra with chained dretches. More and more things. Most of you asleep at this moment in time, completely unawares. The exception being Claymore, Umberfen, and Fefeather in the Wind. Umberfen seems unperturbed and more in a meditative state, whereas Fefeather in the Wind is constantly looking up and jittery looking all over the place, shaking. And her mind, as excitable as she is, is not what she signed up for. Claymore keeping her com composure, watching over her friends wondering how her allies are doing in the healing chambers seeing people and people shuttling in and out those that were quite wounded going in some coming out with less wounds but her eyes more often than not are staying up at that glass dome ceiling because it is through that that she is seeing through raven's eyes outside and seeing what is coming sits watching and waiting. And then Prylas says, what in her name is that? And a raven flies and through its eyes in the glass ceiling, you see a figure walking on the air. A drow figure, long of hair, six more eyes across his forehead. Two slaves, not drow, but normal elves, not of the shadow fell at his shackle to his biceps. He leads a group of four other drow in red gowns, exposing only their eyes with pikes that are tall, curtains hanging red curtains but they are not right at the door they are down 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 far away right at the lip of the king the four drow in red stab their pipes in the ground and through the curtain walks another drow young female very young too young not mature for an elf 
but with a belly swelling. The treadmills. A Music's driving me out a bit, turn it down a little bit. Sorry about that. Keep letting you know. Can you guys all hear me okay if I talk like this? No? How about now? Can you hear me okay now? How about now? Can you hear me now? Better? Thank you. So. <laughs> he comes da down, standing on the ground now, the two shackled elves behind him. The four driving their pikes in, the red curtains stepping forth. Another draw, uh, another draw. Young for an elf, clearly not mature by any, any means, even younger possibly than Claymore, but belly swollen and pregnant and the pendant held in her hand. If you look at my Roll20 avatar right now, it is the eight-star pendant of Wolf. As she walks up to the edge of the, the canyon, and this drow figure you see before you right now with his two swords, he says something in the raven's eyes you can't see, and he and removes the heads from the two slaves at his back. Their blood spraying over her white dress, and she pitches herself off the edge of the cliff. The raven follows. Flying down, down, down to sea. And there, through the raven's eyes, you can see the pile. A stain on the ground. But it moves. These are not the death, the twitches of death throes. It's more like writhing, like a basket of snakes or a kettle about to overflow or the beating of a heart in new life as from within, within the body, a large chitinous gray arm digs into the cliffside, sending rocks tumbling. A second multi-jointed hair as three more sets, eight legs in total, are now straddling this vast canyon. Her smaller normal drow form swelling and swelling and swelling. Thorax, abdomen, head. And it lifts the body up and it grows. You, within Fate's palace, it shakes. The entire place is shaking as the cliffs are literally being pushed apart. Columns, marble, crack, and and where you look about as this raven takes flight and one giant head turns a acid line of green dissolving it and then you simply look up at the glass as what you see far above you casting a second eclipse over everything is this form a spider size unimaginable 
it blots out everything short of the magical lanterns that are within the unbounded arcanum. As you look up into those soulless black eyes, its mouth opening and acid dripping down, the scribes, the arcanists, the clerics around you, also all eyes are now turned upwards. Some drop to their knees, been shaking and praying. Shadar Kai look up, and they are at a loss for words. How do you plan against this? The ground beneath you is dark. There is no eclipse giving light, but it gets worse. As the mouth opens, spiders on silk threads begin to fall. You fall and fall, dozens of them. Of the same type that you remember seeing all throughout the necropolis. As more and more and more come falling. Their bulbous eyes looking, they're clicking acid from the larger one pooling around them as they all begin their tap, tap, tapping on the glass. But more. A massive queen of the one that you had fought in Calarel's arcane study lands. A second one deafening on the glass, 100 feet above you. Two, impossible. A third, a fourth. Each of these things gargantuan and more still falling across the entire castle. As you watch others, feather in the wind, clutching your back, Claymore. Umberfen, nowhere to be seen. I'm not sure where he is. He does like to go invisible at times. Perhaps he, he did that again, but he's not next to you in this moment. But your eyes don't have time for him. You only look up at these gargantuan things. Each of these smaller spiders are the size of war horses. The larger ones, you fought them. You fought one and the larger one far above even that. Above you, you know, is death. In your time, Claymore, and Earth in your time, as even those of you who are sleeping right now, somehow inexorably, you are sensing this happening. You can see, not with your eyes, but with something else, what's happening above you as if you're all still linked. Claymore, you look up. Earth, you look up. You're used to fighting against insurmountable odds. In fact, those are the only, only sort of fights you two are used to at this point. You look down, and the ground is just pitch black. The shadow cast over from the larger spider far above. And starlit sparks begin to appear in it. And the despair falters, as you hear in your mind. Be calm, my children. As the shadow rises through you, suffusing through your very mind, body, and souls, as all of you that are asleep, 
Now your eyes snap open as you're in the midst of this pitch blackness. Sorry about that. As it suffuses through you, all your eyes all snap open in this moment. And you see Boy, it's really frustrating. <laughs> a great raven of pitch darkness and starlight rise the shadow from the ground, suffusing you all, rejuvenating your inner stores of strength. Those of you shocked as you look up as this raven grows farther, even bigger, matching in size to the great spider, the avatar of Wolf far above has found its mate, a second titan. Avatar of the Raven Queen itself, as the starlit raven made of midnight galaxy swirls around the sky. The large avatar of Wolf looks up its eight bulbous eyes, <laughs> lifting its two large arms, each the size of towers. As the raven comes in, colliding, talons out, and the two of these titans roll. They roll off the cliff, descending back into the cavern from which it came. But this does nothing for the amount of spiders that are still up top. The shaking of these two gargantuan, unbelievably large, bigger than the castle itself figures, shaking violently everything as the spider web fractures that had appeared on the glass atop when these spiders had all fallen, begin to connect. Marble columns chipping, one of them slips. Part of the roof. Little shavings of glass begin to fall. And you know what is to come. You all, Earth, you grab your weapon, look up, have just enough time, enough time to say, what the hell? Let's get my breakfast once again. Yep. The rest of you prepare yourselves. As it becomes a hail of glass. Earth, throwing your woven cloak over Annie as the glass shards hit. But more important than that is the thump of these spiders. Some of them popping, some of their legs snapping as, as they land. Most of them having the presence of mind to descend on threads or crawl down the sides. You are surrounded, insurmountable, and just like that, you don't even, you, you have lost the mental spell that Norman cast on you. You don't need that. You are all in sync. Earth. Crushing. Claymore pulling out her sword of sharpness. Blocking the lights as they come. And, and Exoria throwing her out of hand as one is taking her, blasting it back, blasting it back, blasting it back even further. Rowan producing flame as one comes closer, primal savagery gouging its eyes out, earth coming in, grabbing it by one hand, throwing it, throwing a dagger. Krautskap waking up, oh shit, grabbing his axe, slicing off two legs, piercing it in. Worse than these are indeed the queens. all this, there is a figure that appears. 
these ones are also fighting to their extent. But the one that appears directly underneath... If you look underneath the globe... Umbathon appears. Um, walks up. And in his hands, he has a small wrapping where he unwraps. And there's an arc of brass-like metal. Looks like it's the same material as this compass of destiny itself. Jagged, as if a piece long, long lost. He simply smiles and drags it across his throat. <laughs> Blood sprays up with more force than would possibly make sense. Coating this. A fire hose, his head snaps back, held by simply skin and sinew as it lolls backwards, looking at you while you're still in the midst of fighting these spiders surrounding you. His smile upside down, his eyes blank as the blood begins to take on its own shape, its own form. That of the symbol of wealth made of blood. And as his fingers grow limp, the arc of metal, like magnetism, flies forward and merges perfectly with wherever it is deep within this compass, its original home. The symbol of wealth merges with the compass, webs, red, arcane symbols flashing. And in an Anaxoria, you recognize these symbols as very akin to those that you saw that you created in Calrill's Keep to come to Shadowfell in the first place. As the compass begins to turn. A portal appearing within the home of the Raven Queen herself. It should be impossible. You were all told it was impossible. Your eyes dart around, but all you see are Shadar Kai, Arcanist, scholars hiding, fighting. You all, even as you're watching this, your eyes are never taken off this, but never taken off. The enemy surrounding you, fire, claymore, slash, slash, tagged it tag-teaming as Annie blasts one away from Earth just in time for Claymore to stab it in the head just in time for Norman to throw a flame. But your eyes do not leave this darkness, this dark portal. So you as well step through it. Your eyes are drawn to the darkness. As even as you fight, it's the first thing that you see emerging from within, a large, red, scaled, clawed foot digging in to the ground. Thick, muscular, another one as a body emerges. Two leathery wings crossed over like some like some grotesque cloak and a head with large fangs and green acid dripping as the cloaks unfurls, showing its wings, a smaller skeletal-like figure, like figure stepping, in, stepping through as well, but the form in red is nine feet tall and looks like this. And if, sorry, in your mind, you hear Strip 9 simply go, 
in terror. This larger figure looks around. You guys are 50 yards from, that's how big the Arcanum is, you're 50 yards from it in your own corner, staving off what you can as it casually looks and flicks a finger, a red bead flying, hitting a column, a fireball erupting, immolating two scribes that were hitting their power. This pit fiend looks around and says, Good. Now, let's see if that map that we toiled so long for is worth what we paid. And from around the pit fiend's right wing steps a figure familiar to you all. Pale of flesh, white of hair, black garb with silver trim, golden eyes. Vampire Lord Soren Markov steps, and in his hand, a leather tube that he bows and proffers it to the pit fiend. You all recognize this tube. The same one that you had taken, stolen from the final village and delivered. The pit fiend reaches out a claw and plucks it and almost daintily unscrews it as three more drow figures or three drow figures step out through the portal as well with Sorn Markov leveling their crossbows, shooting at what they can. Similar figures again to the final purge. The pit fiend uncorks it, takes out a piece of parchment and unfurls it, looking at it. You all wanting to do something, but all you can do right now is just bash, stab, slash, shoot the things you can. Again, 150 feet away, you're seeing all of this happen. The Pitfield says, Good. Now, and you, you've done well to bring us this far within her realm. As agreed upon, will get your audience with the crew before I take her head. And stepping around the pit fiend's other wing comes an unfamiliar figure, dark of robe, book in hand. And as this figure emerges, the book snapped shut. And the same moment, the portal closes behind it. You see dark sockets where eyes should be, but two small offset pinpricks of starlight within. The hand holding the book shut now is bluish and pale. Scabrous, looks like it should be glossy with perhaps a, a mucus, but it's dried and desiccated. But above all else, what you see are the four curling tentacles hanging from its face. Mind Flayer stepping through, simply nodding at the Pit Fiend's statement, clearly ringing the portal. Two more of these skeletal demons with the, with the Pit Fiend step out. Shadar Kai, come in! Ah! The Mind Flayer turns to them, and with, you don't see anything happen, but the two of them simply freeze up and drop as the, as the two demons step forward. And the, the rest of them make their way 
hurriedly forward, the pit fiend lifting its arms and rising them, and a wall of flame, like what you've seen Norwin do once before, roar up around, unbelievably powerful, and they walk through it unharmed, obscuring them from you, but you did see them clearly walking toward the healing chamber. And Annie, at least you know, that is in, that is the first step in the direction to where the, the Raven Queen is. The pit piece mean you following whatever map he may have. Earth, in your head, you hear Prylus's voice from across the way. Your eyes dart, and you see him say, She must not be, they must not be able to reach her. We must go! And he dashes toward, toward you as these spiders are seeing, and all of them turn toward him and turn toward you all, seemingly able to hear this, even though it's telepathic. His small halfling feet taking him, and they jump, and he ducks on under. A shield appears in front of him and bounces off one, two, three. He continues to run as you guys are trying to clear the clear the path. Norman, you're throwing flames and flames and flames. Claymore, you've, you've pulled out your bone arrow and are shooting and sorry above all else you're giving him space by blasting everything 10 feet away the best you possibly can or if you're fingering your dagger and throwing as often as you can you see as it's gross as he's climbed as the halfling figure is surely going to get pummeled by a queen that charges up toward it but in you blast it 30 feet back it's feet skidding Two more are jumping at Pylos, and he, they grab him. He's impaled, turns to mist, and appears 30 feet forward, saying his own arcing words to help him teleport. As Earth, you're waiting, watching for your moment. There's going to be a small gap, and you say, Annie, give him the path. As more and more and more elders blasts are flying as you jump your full 60 feet with your hammer, crushing one just behind the half length figure the impact, forcing him forward, stumbling to the ground, running as fast as he can, teleporting him one more time, but you're faster in your dash, even than his spellcraft can take him. As you come up, grab him by the scruff, just as three more are coming. An arrow strikes one, a fire hit hits the other. Three elders blasts, start limb hitting the third as you jump once more and bring him with, with, within your ilk and your friends. Landing, still, Prylus turning, fidgeting out, yet you release the scruff of, of his hem. Spiders, 20, 30 of them have all followed, seemingly knowing what's happening here as he holds up his two fingers, glowing with yellow energy, puts them on the ground and draws a line. Just as Earth, you're rearing back with your hammer to strike the first of these 30 things that are coming at you. And just before you can strike and before the first one hits, a wall of force <laughs> appears up and up and just above your heads, stretching just to your left, but all the way to your, to your right, seemingly through the wall of flames toward the door, making a little, if you will, 
tunnel here, but all you are all seeing at this moment in time is Earth's hammer and the spider, and they collide not with each not with each other. Earth, your hands are vibrating as you hit an insurmountable force. The spiders, you are all mere five feet away as a horde of these things. You can't even see the rest of them now. They're just piling on, trying to get to you. But unlike the glass above, there are no hairline fractures or cracks here. This magic wall seems firm. Prylus, exhausted. You, you had seen him use quite a bit of, of his uh, aforementioned attack like spellcraft to, to make the path that he did to, to get to you, encompassing you all. And he says, this will hold for 10 minutes. They're making their way to the, to the queen. I know not how they, they know, but I heard what he said. Through the healing, cha- healing chamber where all of ours are being healed. He looks at you, Earth, and says, can you? If we lose her now, then... None of this has been worth it. Now you can all unmute yourselves and speak freely. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I ain't used to losing, so. <sighs> Prylas grins a sad grin as his mustache is, is singed and broken and he says i'm glad to hear that my friend and he says i must stay here to concentrate on this the moment that this falls i will too quickly quickly thank you we'll come back as quick as we can what do you guys all do Go. Make make your way. I think we make our way. So yeah, I'm guess I'm confused. Can we get to the healing area without going through the spider horde right now? Yes, because he made a wall just five five feet in in front of you, and then you can make the wall of forest. It went through yes. the fire, and then just, I see what you're he made like a tunnel for you, pretty much out of the wall of forest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were, I mean, like right now, yeah, right now there are spiders all like scrabbling. There are spiders on top of this wall looking down at you, but you guys are like, it's very uncomfortable feeling being so hemmed in by these things. But as far as you can tell, he's saying Mm -hmm. you have 10 minutes. I can hold this for 10 minutes. That's the extent of this spell. You saw what we did in two. You guys are making your Um, your way. Yeah, who's with us? Over your ass. Uh, Geth. Is Anybody? the only one. The other ones are in the healing tent. Oh, and uh, feather and wind. Yeah. Um. Anybody particularly slow? I can cast long strider. Uh, I think your spell would be better saved elsewhere. Okay, Honestly. I've got a free use of it. So. Oh, if it's free give use, it. then yeah. Give it. No, no, no. Give it. Yeah. What is it? Okay. Add ten feet. Boom. Yeah, it adds ten feet. Yes. Then in which case, use it if it's or, free. Use and it. our plan is to go up to the Raven Queen, right? Mm-hmm then you might want to give it to me because none of you know the way considering Annie's the only one who's been there. Sure, then. Yes, and I'm the lowest out of everyone. Well, you and I are probably about the same. But yes, use it on Annie. All right, used. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, 
increases it by 10 feet, and you have a little bit of, of dirt on your cheek as I go. It's pretty normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. The if last, yeah. Um, and Annie, you have, you're the only one that's been to the healing chamber. You, you know it's about a, like, like 45-second run like or no it's it's about like a minute probably hard r r run from where you are now to it because it's not just the next room over it's it's, mm -hmm. it's a bit over there so you can definitely lead the way or follow the screams mm -hmm. bloodshed um so you guys have about one minute if there's anything you want to prepare while you're running anything you want to do while you're in progress to the next step um yep. do you want to do we want to uh, pass that trace to, to appear in shadow um, and make this sneaky? I mean, in order for it to be sneaky, we'd have to actively stealth. Oh, we would, yeah. Which we're... we're yeah, we don't have time for we that. Have, we have to book it. Okay. Just you can it do as that. If you want to remain a shadow, go ahead, because you have the ability to. We are just going to be booking. But I would say I would, I would wait until you're close at that point, and so that then hide and you can do whatever you need to do. You got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Annie's got the long strider use. Um, uh, anybody else have anything they want to do real quick? Um, I'm going to huff that uh, hag potion, see what happens. Okay. You're within pretty tight quarters, so give it a go. Mm -hmm. uh, one, uh, one D100. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> This is beautiful. I love these. Yeah, ones. ninety. Um, do it's you, do you have do you have the 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 sheet? I don't have the sheet. That's the thing. It, no you know, I identified it, but I never even like we didn't have it on hand. I don't yeah. think. No, biggie. Um, let's see here. We're going to go for. And I explode. I'll say, stand back, everyone, just in case. No, actually, um, <laughs> any even number is a good thing. Oh, good. So you regain 2d4. So go ahead and roll 2d4. Mm-hmm, 2d4. Mm -hmm. All right, bear back, wait, guys, reset one second. All right, four. Sorry. So that level spell slot is what you recover. All right, so I got another fourth level. Nice. I wonder what happened to the Goblin King. How did he get the map? Did we give the wrong one? I'm so confused. Unless the um, Bonfire King was injured. No, I think he used it as a uh, collateral. Or not collateral, but a bargaining chip. Mm. That would make sense. Because he said it was valuable. Of course, he also knew that we were going here, so fuck him, I guess. <laughs> Maybe he's got some other dealings with the, with the crow or somebody else more uh, important behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I would send Strychnine ahead mm -hmm. of me to scout as well and see if he can get there before us, considering his flying speed. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, even though I could go much faster, I'm sticking with the group. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm going back to roll 20 audio, so you should hear that Barovian castle thing again. Okay, so you've um, regained your slot. You got Long, long Strider cast on you strychnine is zipping 
ahead with his fly speed to see what he can. Is he going invisible? I think you, you just said. Yep, he is. And then he'll just be telepathically. I am also going to use the bathroom because it's after 7 p.m. And you know what I'm like after 7 p.m. Yep. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to end this rec- this recording of, of mm-hmm. Zoom right here. And then I'll mm-hmm. start a, th- a third one so that little intermission can be a separate entity. Okay. So um, everybody take yeah. a little break if you need, you need to, bathroom or whatever else. Sure.